right, all right. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I am Darkside Phil, and I welcome you here to the pre-stream podcast, episode uh, nine, ten. Shit, episode shit. I knew this was going to happen. I knew that doing this every day that I stream, I was going to eventually forget what episode number it was. I'm gonna have to look this up. Episode shit. Hold on. This is episode 10. <laughs> episode 10, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, for Friday, December 10th, 2021. <clears throat> this is the first day of the streaming week for me. This is a humongous day. It really is. This is a giant day for streaming for me. Because number one, we got two really good things lined up for you guys today. Things that I know you guys are going to enjoy. And gonna, you're going to really want to chill with me for these streams. But also... We're in the fallout, full fallout mode of the Game Awards. The Game Awards were a ginormous, uh, you know, nuclear bomb that hit. And now the fallout is hitting our faces and collectively melting the flesh off of our faces, revealing the creepy crawly skeleton inside. It's a pretty disgusting process, but the entire internet is abuzz with news from the Game Awards last night. Now, incidentally... I wasn't here yesterday. It's my day off. So I didn't even see the Game Awards live. Um, I just tried to basically play kind of catch up with it, with them after the fact, after they ended. Um, and do my best to try to like read the stories and find out what exactly was going on from the Game Awards. Uh, I tried to do my best, but personally I, I feel like I probably missed a lot. Um, for some reason my chat has completely frozen here. Let me see if I refresh it, if it unfreezes. Oh, there we go. It froze for like a minute. That was stupid. <clears throat> so, I know there's a ton of stuff to happen at the Game Awards, okay? And what we're going to do is I'm going to do a brief kind of introduction here about what my day off was like. Give you some updates on upcoming events like the Christmas Marathon event. I have a good a good positive update on that. And stuff like that. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the streams this week. Because I think this week's going to be an exciting week of streams. Uh, by the way, it's a shorter streaming week, only five days, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Once I get that out of the way, what I would like to do is actually change up the podcast format a little bit. Rather than me talking to you, I would like it to be you, the people who are here live on stream this morning, talk to me. Yeah, you tell me what are the big things that you thought were the, the, the biggest, baddest or best, the worst or baddest, the worst or best things from the Game Awards. Because there's so much to talk about. I could sit here for four hours unpacking it. I really don't want to do that today. I'd rather just react briefly to the things that you guys think are important. And <clears throat> the thing is, with today's streams, especially we're playing GTA Vice City on the first stream. Open world roaming, open world questing. You want to talk about a game that lends itself to us talking about topics? This is That's the game for it. You know what I mean? Like, We'll definitely have ample opportunity, ample opportunity to discuss with you guys, you know, exactly, you know, what's going on with the Game Awards or what you thought of the Game Awards. So we'll talk about it on pre-stream and then when we get to the gameplay, it'll kind of continue. Okay. <clears throat> cool. So first, before we get to that, before we get to that, let's go ahead and let's do a little bit of intro about stuff with me and everything, okay? So first of all, yesterday was my day off from streaming for the week. I needed one seven straight days. I had been here. 
that wasn't even planned. It was planned to be six days, and then it got extended. What a week it was last week. It was one of the best streaming weeks in recent memory. You know, finishing up San Andreas, heading into Vice City Definitive Edition, playing through the entirety of Metroid Dread essentially in one week, right? Um, starting up Halo Infinite's campaign. There was a lot of great stuff that happened in the last week. I had a great week with you guys. I really did. And you guys were outstanding. You were positive. You were supporting. Like, everything last week was amazing. I have zero, uh, zero complaints about last week. It was so good. Okay? Um, my day off yesterday basically was a lot of activity. I needed, because I had seven days straight off, I had to do a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in the house that we had run out of. You know, things that are normal, like coffee. That I, I have at least one or two coffees a day prepares me for stream. We've been out of coffee for like two days. Um, and just basic stuff, you know, food. We've been out of food too, so we were kind of like scrounging around for what we were going to eat and stuff like that. Uh, finally, had a chance to go out and do all that stuff. Went grocery shopping. Um, actually went. So, okay, so here's one of the, the cool things you guys are going to like. I had a chance to go. I told you guys I was going to do this. I went to this local store. That basically has stuff from all over the world. It's not just American products. There's stuff from like Europe, stuff from, excuse me, stuff from Africa. Yes, they actually have some African stuff. Stuff from all over the place. Japan, China. They have stuff from all over the place. Cultural items. I'm not just talking like food, but other stuff too. And I went there because I was like, man, this is a place that I usually can find some really good stuff for DSP tries. That's where I found the mince pies, the holiday mince pies that I tried last year for the holiday edition of DSP Tries It, okay? So, I went there, and number one, got a panettone, which is an Italian traditional Christmas bread. It's actually a sweet bread that tastes like a little bit like, uh, how can I describe it? You ever had amaretto, that kind of liquor? It kind of tastes almost like an almond flavor, like sweet almond flavor bread, but it has different things in it. Depending on which one you get, you get one with raisins, you can get one with candied oranges, you can get one with chocolate you could get one with cranberries there's all these variations you can do so we ended up getting this. this is a tradition my wife and i have done for like the past three plus years we love getting this panettone she had it when she first moved in with me that was the first year she ever tried it and she was like oh my god this is so good so every year we go and get a panettone okay it's actually something that i grew up eating in my my own household as you know part italian it was part of our christmas tradition when i was growing up and now it's part of my family's tradition really awesome to carry that over okay so, um, then I looked for stuff for DSP Tries It. And let me tell you, they have a lot of stuff. And I was like, man, there's like so many things I could do. I could get a food item. I could get a, a different kind of item. And I was looking at everything. And actually, the truth of the matter is, they had so many good choices, I couldn't decide on one. I couldn't. So I left empty-handed and we're canceling DSP Tries It for the Christmas event. I'm very sorry. But I was just so indecisive, I just said, fuck it. We're screwing it. <laughs> No, that's not what happened. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> that is not what happened. Okay? What happened was, um, I couldn't decide. And so finally I said, fuck it. We're doing two things. Two things. For the holiday edition of DSP Tries It, which is going to take place during my holiday, I should say Christmas marathon event. When is that? It's going to be the 23rd of December, which I believe is a Thursday. Um, all that day, I'm going to be dressed in festive holiday attire, even maybe making wardrobe changes during the course of the day. I'm going to be drinking. And I decided this year, I might not even drink beer. Because usually I drink beer, 
and I don't like it. Like, I'm serious. Like, usually I'm like, oh, this beer is pretty good. But I tell about my third beer, I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I didn't drink beer. So this year I might just drink, like, eggnog. And then I might actually have some hard liquor too. But I'll just drink slowly. Instead of, oh, I'll just drink slowly. I'll have water with me too. I really don't think I'm going to drink beer this year. I'm I, I just not feeling it. Every year I have these holiday ales. I'm like, nah. I think I'm going to do something different this year. Okay? So. So. That's what I'm going to be doing uh, during the course of that event. But anyway, there will be a live DSP Trizer. Remember, we hit all of our membership goals for the month of November, which means there will be a live DSP Trizer during that marathon. It's going to be near the end because it's going to be like a dessert. It'll be like a, a night-ending dessert, okay? And it's going to be two items, not one, but two items that I'm going to be trying during that DSP Trizer, which will be pretty cool. It's also two items that... Well, let me put it this way. One of the items, I didn't even know what it was or even knew it existed. I, You know? and But it is. Apparently, it's a big holiday tradition. I looked it up. It's a huge holiday tradition. And another thing is actually way more traditional that most of you would probably know. But I haven't had one of these in so many years that I'm actually curious to see what it's like. Okay? So one is more traditional, and you'll, you'll probably recognize it. And another one is something I never even knew what the fuck it was. All right? So this is going to be very exciting. Keep in mind, during that event, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. There's also going to be a live feasting with the king. Earlier on that day, we're going to have a full meal together where I'm going to order some kind of cultural cuisine. The options this year are going to be Filipino, Vietnamese, and Thai. Those are the three options that we're going to have to order from. And it'll get delivered during the event and try and eat it together. That's going to be fun. And also, you know, a variety of Christmas-themed... Well, not Christmas-themed games, excuse me. A variety of games that you guys are currently nominating... And within, I would say, probably the end of this streaming week. So what is that, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday's my last streaming day of this week. So that'll be roughly, yeah, roughly about the middle of the month. I'm going to close off the nominations process for the for the Christmas event. So just so you guys know, last chance, really. The next few days is your absolute last chance if you want to nominate games for the upcoming Christmas Marathon event. Now is the time to do it. How do you do it? Go to the channel page here on DSP Gaming, the main page. And on the community tab, there's a post there, public post. You respond, you nominate games. Or if you're a member, there's also a members-only post that you can respond to and nominate games. And I'll tally those up over the course of this coming week. And then we're going to have a poll going for that final week before Christmas where you guys will, poll, will will vote and determine what games will actually be played during the event. Okay? Good stuff. <clears throat> Pinocchio says, I should be a food critic because I'm so passionate about food. There's a difference between being passionate about something and being informed about something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I could be the biggest fan of a competitive shooter, but be terrible at it. I have no expertise in it. So even though I love it, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be good at it if I were to actually try to do something. You know what I mean? Like, I w would I love to do stuff with food? Yes. Do I know anything about it? No. I don't know. I couldn't tell you if something's professionally done or not. I couldn't tell you if something's, you know, all I can tell you is my personal experience. Oh, it tastes good. Oh, yeah, that's a good, a good combination of flavors, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've done DSP tries it for over 10 years. But do you really think anyone judges that series as any kind of level of professionalism? I don't think so. So anyway, what day is the event? I literally just said this. The event is on Thursday, the 23rd of December, all day long Christmas marathon event. Okay, so the good news is not one, but two items for the Christmas edition of DSP tries it. That'll be during that Christmas marathon event were obtained yesterday during my day off, okay? I also had a pretty good day with my wife out. It was very cold. It was only in the 40s, 40 degrees Fahrenheit here, which is just above freezing. Um, 
But it was still in a very nice day. We went around. There was a good amount of people out, but not a crazy amount because we went on a Thursday. Um, so it was a good time. Um, and uh, came home, and already the Game Awards were nearly over by the time we got home. And that's why I mean, we didn't have time to watch or even get caught up on any of it. It was just like, well, read up on what we can at night, but there was no point. And it was funny because a lot of people were saying, man, the Game Awards sucked. They were like, man, that show was so padded with advertisements and obviously paid product placements. It was just such a bad show to watch. And I was like, yeah, but if you don't watch it, it's good. Because if you don't watch the show and you just read the announcements after, it's actually good. What it feels to me like, and this is me being, being you know, my perspective here on, on the future of how games will be covered. Jeff Keighley, okay? I like the guy a lot now. Actually, the more that I see him, how passionate he is for what he does with games and everything, I actually like the guy a lot. He kind of feels like the ultimate fan of games who just somehow managed to, through hard work, get his foot in the door of the games industry. Because in the last 10 years, look what's happened. He's increasingly done his share to to cover stuff, while other formats like E3 have completely fallen out of prominence. While E3 became every year more of a fan fest and a money-grubbing venture, where all they cared about was, was money at the door, rather than actually being a meaningful place to disseminate information about games, Jeff started creating actual events where there was information about games. He had his event before E3 and had more information about any games that were interesting than E3 did this year. And now, you know, Game of the Year awards, I mean, admittedly, yeah, there's a lot of product placements. There's a lot of advertisements, and you can tell that a lot of it is promotional stuff paid for by game companies, obviously. At the very same time, look at all the stuff that came out of the Game Awards last night. About ten times more than anything else this year. Right? So this is what I mean. Like, I, I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, my opinion on Jeff has changed over the, the last few years, for sure. I was very critical of him. I was like, ah, I don't watch that crap. I think, like, now, as long as you are intelligent enough to understand that the Game Awards are not official. They're not. There's no official Game Awards. <clears throat> Just because the Game Awards says, this game is the best of this, this game is the best of that, doesn't mean that it actually universally is accepted as the best. It's a subjective thing, right? Even though a certain game... They say is the best game of the year. Doesn't mean it is. Like, I'll give you a perfect example, all right? As we get into the Game Awards coverage now, okay? It Takes Two won the Game of the Year last night. It Takes Two, from all reports, is one of the best games of 2021. It's a co-op game that is one of the best co-op games ever made. Has great plot, great story. Graphics are, are passable. I mean, I guess the graphics aren't going to be groundbreaking in a kind of game like that. But maybe by Indie Studio, apparently what the Indie Studio pulled off is absolutely amazing. Um... There's no way that that game would be my game of the year. Number one, I didn't play it. And number two, I'm not a co-op gamer. You guys know that. The vast majority of games that I play are either single-player, narrative-based, or multiplayer, competitive-based, none of which is co-op, right? That's also why I would never nominate a game like Apex Legends or something like that as my game of the year. I don't focus on that kind of gameplay. Now, that does not mean that does not mean that that game is not outstanding at all by any means. I don't want anyone who watches my content to be like, man, Phil isn't mentioning It Takes Two at all this year. I wonder why. Does that mean the game's actually not as good as everyone says it is? No. I just I didn't play it. It's not my, my cup of tea. You know what I mean? Like, it's what they say, different strokes for different folks. And just because the Game Award says one game is good doesn't mean that it's the game of the year for you. 
it's definitely not the game of the year for me. Like, I guarantee you right now, if I played It Takes Two, I wouldn't like it as much as 90% of the people who played the game because that's not my forte, you know? Doesn't mean it's not amazing. You guys know the deal with me when it comes to the Game Awards. I feel like it's a great it's a great thing at the same time. I think too many people take it as fact. Oh, because this game won it. For example, Deathloop won, like, best narrative. Deathloop. One best narrative. Wait a minute. You had games like Psychonauts 2, <laughs> right? Even Life is Strange True Colors. 12 minutes. These were games that actually had really, really well-written stories. Like Psychonauts 2, I was shocked how good that game, the story was. Like shocked at how it handles certain issues and how it actually spoke to you about things you know when, it, when you're playing a game and that game literally speaks to you about your own personal human experience being a human that is way better than any game with a fucking stupid plot twist you know what i'm saying oh there was a plot twist oh best narrative of the year the fuck are you talking about now here's what happened okay for some odd reason um Oh, you're right. Didn't Guardians of the Galaxy win Best Narrative? Then what was it? Was it Best Direct? Deathloop won something that made absolutely no sense. I was like, no, it should have been Psychonauts 2 or whatever. I'm not thinking Best What was the one that, that Deathloop won? I got him confused already because I don't have a list in front of me or whatever. Guardians did deserve to win Best Narrative, by the way. I would say in this year of all the games that were, that were you know, written, I would, I would actually say Guardians was one. And then actually, it would have been, um, Psychonauts 2 would have been two for best narrative. I think those were the two best stories of the year, quite frankly. Art direction? Art? Deathloop won art direction? Let me get this straight. You think that Deathloop's art design is better than a game like Psychonauts 2, where everyone's brain who you go into is a completely differently designed, unique, creative world, Right? Varying from psychedelic 1970s rock like the Beatles to an interactive um, interactive bowling alley to, you know what I mean? Like every world in Psychonauts 2, right, is so much better than anything you do in Deathloop. But somehow Deathloop won best art design? Like what the fuck are you talking about, right? <laughs> I... I, I don't know. I'm scratching my head about this shit, you know? But anyway, I think the, the reason that, that that Deathloop won anything is because for some reason it was like the, the darling of the gaming media this year. I don't know why. I really don't understand why. The game was so overblown and overhyped by the game media. Deathloop was a classic case of a game. Everyone in games journalism said it was 10 out of 10 game of the year. So that prompted a lot of people who normally wouldn't have to go out and buy and play the game. When we all played it, we were like, nah, it's good, but it's kind of like not nearly as good as they're saying. The plot isn't nearly as good as they're saying. The art direction is okay for the first few hours, then it's the same thing over and over, right? The gameplay elements are taken literally from other games from Arkham Studios games. Almost no originality in, in the game elements at all. Um... The plot twist is kind of crappy and stupid. The end of the game is absolutely terrible. The ending sucks shit. Um, the game is full of bugs. I ran into several bugs during the course of my game playthrough that actually hindered it. The physics weren't perfected. They were kind of shitty. Uh, I, mean, I could keep going on and on.
But for some odd reason, journalists this year chose Deathloop as their game of the year. So what I think happened was they saw such a monstrous backlash on the internet. People were like, number one, you didn't even nominate Forza Horizon 5. You're a bunch of fucking idiots. Number two, there's so many amazing games this year, and you're going to say Deathloop is game of the year. Are you out of your fucking mind? You better not do it. So I think what it was, they all wanted Deathloop for game of the year, and they were like, eh, all right, we better change our minds before we get fucking publicly destroyed. So they chose something else, which I'm okay with, but then they said, we got to still give Deathloop some awards, even though it doesn't fucking deserve it. But anyway, um, you know, I, it, the point I'm making is, regardless of all the awards given out, nothing is official. Please understand that about the Game Awards. They are not official awards. They never have been. They never will be. You can completely disagree with the Game Awards, and that's fine. It's about your personal take, your personal experience, what you like. I personally don't play or like co-op games, so why the hell would I think ta It Takes Two is the best game of the year? It won't even be in my countdown. I didn't play it, you know? But that's okay. And it's also okay if you think that a game that didn't win Game of the, war the, game of the Year is a better game or whatever. That's fine. I really just wish that people wouldn't treat it so officially like they did. All right. All right. So anyway, um, in regards to the Game Awards, apparently it was three plus hours. Oh, that's terrible. They're, I mean, they really are the Oscars of gaming now, right? Like, this is what it's become. But you know what? Admittedly, at least now, it's more professional. I remember like, like 10 years ago, all right, the Game Awards were on, and I had been recording that day all day long, and... I said, all right, the Game Awards went on. Well, I, I need to get food. So I'm going to go get food and come back, and I'm going to watch some of the Game Awards while I eat my food during my break, and I'm going to go back to recording and uploading and all of that. Okay? Um, I came back from f getting food. Now, this is like like 10 years ago, like with the very beginning of the Game Awards, right? It's probably like 2012 or something like that. Um, and I remember I walk into my condo in Connecticut when I lived there back then, and I'm hearing, F this, F that, motherfucker, F, F, F. I was like, what happened? Did it change the channel? And I ran to my TV to see what was going on. They had some rap group performing at the Game Awards. And it was like the most fucking obscene performance ever. You know, typical of that kind of music. But why the fuck is that at the Game Awards? And I was like, what the shit is going on at this? This is supposed to be like a professional show. And this is what you have on the show. Like, how are people supposed to take this seriously when this is the crap that you're putting out on this channel, on this show, you know? So, I, and I actually tweeted about this, and people were like, oh, Phil, you're just out of touch. And like, no, if you're going to have a serious show that's supposed to be, wow, real good information about games, real game awards to be taken seriously, you don't have a bunch of jackasses jumping around swearing on stage like assholes, right? You, you do a little bit something, a little step up from that, Okay. And I remember that at the beginning, was so it was so bad how, with the shit that they were doing on the show. And over the years, you know, it improved and improved and improved. And now I really do feel like it's a professional show. I think that Jeff, over the years, he got more prominence in the game industry. He's tried to make... I guess the best way I can say it is, Jeff Keighley is the major proponent. Instead of games being a commercial product, alright? Games are something to be mass-produced and sold to the masses for massive commercial profit for corporations. That's not what he's about. He is about promoting games as art. That's why he tries to have meaningful performances during his show that actually highlight the artistic side of games. And I appreciate that because that means he actually cares. He cares about the hard work 
and the dedication that these game developers put into their games to try to put out something meaningful rather than something that prints money. You see? Um, that's much, much, much appreciated. Okay? Um, so, that's awesome. And I think that it'll get better over time. I really do. I, I really disagree with the whole way that he does his major awards with this whole jury system. I've talked about it every year. I'll talk about it one more brief time. He has a jury system where he literally handpicks hundreds of people around the world, mostly game journalists, but also people involved in the games industry in other capacities, such as game developers, game advocates, accessibility consultants, um, no, just notable people around the world that are involved in games, okay? But when you do that, you create this elitist society of people who are essentially dictating to us what's good in gaming, and I don't agree with that at all. He has another award called the Gamer's Voice Award where the common people vote. And by the way, hurrah, huzzah, guess what game was picked as the Gamer's Voice Award this year? Halo Infinite. Now, interestingly enough, the voting for the Gamer's Voice Award started before the campaign of Halo Infinite was even released. Okay? So I again have to go back and I have to appeal to Jeff and say, Jeff, listen to me. You gotta, you gotta have these awards later. You've got games that come out in December, and they cannot be be viewed seriously as Game of the Year contenders when you have your awards the first week of December. It's fucking stupid. It just doesn't make any sense at all that the the why you have a Game of the Year, but the year's not over. Likely, I'll tell you why. Likely, it's because of money. It's because the game companies or whatever who back the show want that show out in early December. Somehow they feel it benefits them to have that show out in early December because it promotes their games and then people will rush and buy their games for the end of the year. I almost guarantee you that's why he does it in early December because that's the buy-in from the game companies. Oh, we will support your event. We'll showcase our games. We'll bring exclusive announcements as long as it's in early December so we can now sell games for the end of the year for Christmas. But it ends up being a waste of everyone's time. It does. It ends up being a waste of everyone's time because, you know, why the fuck are half the games left out? The reason that Forza Horizon 5, all right, was not in there is because, number one, it released too close to the end of the year for the journalists who nominated games to actually properly nominate it as game of the year. And number two, because it's a driving game and journalists don't like driving games for some odd fucking reason. You know? And that's stupid. That's a double whammy. So the timing's bad, and your jury is a bad selection. If anything, we've seen in the last several years a large discrepancy and a large divide between gaming journalism, right, and actual gamers who buy the games. A lot of times now, especially, I would say this year, last year it was The Last of Us 2. This year it was Deathloop. The, the, the journalist darling game of the year. Oh, it's the hands down the best game of the year. 10 out of 10 flawless, beautiful gameplay, amazing graphics, revolutionary game. And then the gamers go out and buy it and they're like, <clears throat> what are you talking about? What on earth are you talking about? At least this year, thank God this year, people were actually able to criticize Deathloop and not be told that they were bigots. Because that was pretty bad last year. When if you didn't like Last of Us 2, you were a racist, prejudiced, sexist, uh, bigoted, closed-minded person. That's why you didn't like the game. There was no way you could validly criticize The Last of Us 2 and say it wasn't Game of the Year. Because if you did, you were a disgusting, biased person. 
Wasn't that a great feeling last year when those of us who had independent thought were taught were told we're scumbags? That was a great year, wasn't it? At least this year, you were free to say Deathloop made game of the year and people didn't try to, 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 to brand you some kind of terrible fucking label, okay? But that being said, um, by the way, my chat froze again. <laughs> what is going on today? Why does my stream chat keep freezing? Yeah, there you go. Now, wow. I don't know what's going on with my stream chat. That's set two times in one stream within like 10 minutes that the stream chat, well, 20 minutes that the stream chat completely froze. Now it's it's working. I don't know. This is weird. I gotta, I'm got i going to have to keep refreshing today, I guess. Some weird stuff going on. Anyway, the point I'm making is I really feel that there's such a d divide between the opinions of the people who actually buy and play the games versus the people who are given the game for free and paid to rush through the game to push out a professional review that th we shouldn't have game awards determined by games journalists anymore. I'm sorry. It should be the opposite. It should be the actual game of the year is selected by gamers, and then you have a side award called the Journalism Award. Game journalists feel that It Takes Two should be game of the year, but actual gamers feel that Halo Infinite was game of the year. You know, that's what I think. I think it should be flipped because right now you have so much weight put on the, the shoulders of experts and elitists in the industry. Fuck that. They're not the people who put the money in the pockets of the fucking companies anyway. It's the gamers. The gamer's voice should be the, the big weighted voice, not the, the elitist guys in there who fucking pick the artsy fartsy shit that fucking isn't the best of the year. Sorry. Sorry. It's very rare when they actually pick something that's in line with what the gamers want. Okay. Anyway, I digress. The Game Awards have gone down. So now what I would like to do... And by the way, one thing that I will say before we get into this, because this might be a very lengthy discussion. Just want to point out, of course, during my day off, we lost some members. Which sucks. We are, the highest members we ever had on this channel, DSP Gaming, is 334. Okay, so we went down by like five members in my day off. It would be great if we get that back right away. Seriously. We want momentum in December. We want to be pushing towards growth every week. It would be great if we could jump ahead and, and actually hit a new record as soon as possible, okay? If you're not a member or your member lapsed, please consider re-upping your membership or becoming a member. You get so many benefits to being a member, including supporting the channel, highlighted chat name, not abiding by the slow-mode rules of the chat, emotes unlock, uh, a chat crown batch to show how long you've been a supporter, highlighted uh, questions. When it comes to my bi-monthly Q&A show, Ask the King, you get a highlighted question so that there's a chance it's incredibly increased that I'm going to answer your question on my show. Uh, increased priority for nominations for events. Right, right, right now, the members are absolutely going to get a game into the Christmas Marathon, just members. Um, and also possibility of future co-op streams and events. Like I'm considering doing members-only gameplay for Halo Infinite where we have fire teams of members and we play together, okay? So please consider becoming a member if you're not. I just want to toss that out there because I noticed that it dipped during my day off. Okay. So now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to open it up to you. You guys tag me in the stream chat. You tell me what do you think were the most important or interesting things in the Game Awards that you want me to talk about right now. And I'll give you my opinions on all these things. Rather than me read a, read a laundry list of arbitrary crap, I'd rather just go through the stuff that you guys feel is the best stuff of the year, okay? So let me know, or not the best stuff of the year, but the best topics from the Game Awards, sorry. So you let me know, all right? 
Colin Jr. says, I feel like the most underrated game that you might not have missed was Evil West. Looked like an 80s campy action horror type game. I've never even heard of it. I didn't even know that was on the Game Awards. Evil West? Didn't even know. Birdwatcher says, Alan Wake 2. And so did Black 11245. Alan Wake 2 is obviously a very good announcement. And the thing is, we already kind of knew it was coming out. We already knew that Remedy Entertainment had regained the rights of Alan Wake for Microsoft. They had rebought them, and now they were... Obviously, they were only doing that for a specific reason, because they wanted to make a sequel. And I'm happy about that, because if you look at the, the, the history of Remedy over the last decade, okay? So they made Alan Wake. It was a hit. It was. It was a hit at the time. And they made two DLCs for it, which also were hits. And everyone wanted Alan Wake too. And they didn't do it. Instead, they went on to do other games, such as Quantum Break um, and uh, Control... You know, various different games from Remedy. Um, and not to say that I didn't like those games. I thought Control actually was quite good. The plot was one of the best plots in a long time. Quantum Break, gameplay wasn't so great, but man, was it an interesting way that they did the narrative with actual movie cutscenes interposed with gameplay and characters that were rendered, right? It was That was very neat as well. And also the kind of choose-your-own-adventure-style choices in the game that changed the outcome of the game. Um, so they've got a lot more experience now. And... To hear that they're making Alan Wake 2 is very good. To be honest, it's very good. I'm very excited for this. I want to play Alan Wake 2. I just hope that they do not go down the road of what a lot of other companies do. Is Well, it's been a decade, and we want to jump on the bandwagon of what everyone else does. So I hope they don't turn Alan Wake into a survival horror game similar to what everyone else has done. Okay, I would like more horror elements. I would. I would actually like more horror elements in it. The game itself, Alan Wake 1, is pretty scary and creepy with a lot of jump scares. I know, I just replayed it in October, Alan Wake Remastered. At the very same time, it's not the creepiest, it's more of kind of a suspense thriller style game along the lines of, say, a Stephen King novel or Twin Peaks, the television series, as opposed to, like, straight-up horror, okay? But I liked that about it. Um, if it becomes straight-up horror, I almost feel like it's going to lose some of its identity, right? I do, I feel like it's going to lose some of its identity, and it'll end up being kind of like not what it was what it was meant to be or what it started as. Um, and that might appeal more to the masses, but it might disappoint the, f the fans who were there from the first part of the series 10 years ago. I guess we'll see. By the way, <clears throat> it's not coming out soon. It's what, another year or so. So they got plenty of time for that. Um, okay, what's next? Let's see. Inscription is an amazing horror game you must play. Never heard of it. Was that at the Game Awards? Carl Jr. says, Sonic's releasing an open-world game that's been compared to Breath of the Wild. I'm nervous about that, though, because Sonic hasn't been great lately. Yeah, it's called, was it, Sonic Frontiers? And they showed Sonic, you know, up on a, on a, on a cliff, and it shows this giant open world that he can run and explore. Uh, and you're right, you know, you gotta wonder. You gotta wonder. Sonic going open-world. Never been done before, right? Never. No. Never. Um, how is that gonna pan out? I don't know. Especially if it's made, is it made by Sonic Team, the same people who made the last few games that sunk, right? Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm happy to see another Sonic game, but every time you see a Sonic game, you're just kind of like, ah, I don't know anymore. Like, you usually get excited. Oh, new Sonic game. And I'm like, oh, new Sonic game. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be any good or not, you know? Uh, is it even worth getting excited for? The thing is, now would be the time. Now would be the time for them to actually pump out by a really great Sonic game. Reason being, the Sonic movies, right? The Sonic the Hedgehog 1 was incredibly good, by all reports. 
and did it ridiculously well at the box office and then sold a ridiculous amount of digital downloads and copies physically, you know, really huge success to the point where they went right into making Sonic 2 right after it because it was such a huge hit. So now's the time to start pumping out great Sonic games in the next one to two years. Start pumping out amazing Sonic games and then get everyone hooked on Sonic again. Like they used to be many years ago before the flop after flop after flop, right? But they have to keep it at a certain level. You can't, you know what I mean? Like they really need to work hard on this one. They do. Enough of this, oh, just fucking pump out a shovelware game or a game that's half finished. Like fucking Sonic Forces, right? Talk about a game that had potential that fell flat on its face because it was it felt like it was like not even half finished. So I hope, I hope this new Sonic game ends up being good. But you don't you never know anymore. You gotta be so skeptical about this shit these days, right? Gut says Game Awards for me was boring. Why didn't Lost Judgment get an honorable mention? Because it's Lost Judgment. You notice there were zero, like zero prominent Japanese style games, right? You notice that, right? The Game Awards are very Western-centric. They focus on a lot of games from we for Western audiences, and they don't really get a lot of focus or prominence on Japanese-style games unless it's a game that somehow gets Western prominence. So, for example, you didn't see nearly any Japanese-style RPGs or culturally-based Japanese games get highlighted that much. You know, they have their own cat. What was it? Best RPG of the Year or whatever. And outside of that, do you ever hear any of them? Do you ever see them really nominated for Game of the Year? What was the last one? Sekiro? Which one? But outside, you know what I mean? Like, they don't, they really, it's a, it's really Western-based. It really feels like that. Like, it's kind of a whole different deal. Yeah, so Darcy X says, what about the new Matrix game demo that's out now? So first of all, it's not a game demo, from what I understand. It's a tech demo. There's no Matrix game coming out. There's, there is. There's just no, they're not making a Matrix game. What it is, is it's a new engine, Unreal Engine 5. And they wanted to show what this Unreal Engine 5 could do on current gen consoles because I guess they felt there really is no game that has really shown off the full capacity of what the current gen consoles can do yet. Uh, likely because most games on these consoles are cross-platform, right? So they're dumbed down to be cross-platform. You can't really show off everything, okay? Um, so that being said, it's a tech demo that's only about 15 minutes long and apparently it really does look amazing. Like, people are like, Wow! Wow! blown away at the graphics it's really good and it's 15 minutes long it's done and by the way it's not anything significant because it's not a real game you see so am i interested in doing it sure but i don't know what i would do it's like i said if i could do it and not destroy my schedule for this week it's only a five-day streaming week and i've got a packed week right between vice city and the campaign the campaign of halo infinite on the mainstreams and then Every night we're doing something different on a night stream. Tonight we're going to be doing Street Fighter, which I'm excited to talk about. We're doing Street Fighter tonight <clears throat> on a different console. We're playing Street Fighter for the first time on an Xbox console. I'm going to try out this controller and see if there's different competition. I'm actually excited to see how it turns out tonight. If it flops, it flops. We'll go back to PlayStation, but I'm very curious, okay? Um, <clears throat> then we got Forza Horizon. Then we got to make big progress in Lost Judgment, but we're still playing Halo Infinite multiplayer. You see, it's just a busy gaming time of the year. It's very hard for me to say, well, it's time to drop everything, guys, and now let's do this fucking demo of, of Matrix that's only 15 minutes long but looks really nice, you see? So, I don't know. Like, I'd like to do it, but I just don't know when I would do it or what the pertinence of it would be, especially because it's just a tech demo. You could easily just watch someone play it, and it's no different. You know what I'm saying? Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, 
Oh, yes, I agree on this one. This is actually, I'm not kidding. This is actually the biggest positive for me of the Game Awards. And some people are going to completely disagree with me. Carlton Jr. says, Cuphead. Final, Cuphead. Anyone remember that game, Cuphead? Anyone remember it? I do because I loved it. But a lot of people don't even remember it anymore. Cuphead was a game. At the time it launched, it was an Xbox exclusive. So it was on Xbox One. This was many years ago. I'm talking, wasn't it like five years ago or something crazy like that? So it was a game that was a throwback to classic shoot-em-ups, but also like Mega Man. So you're fighting a ton of enemies and at stages that are similar to like old school shoot-em-ups like Metal Slug. But then the bosses also were like Metal Slug Mega Man Hybrid, of course. Cuphead was really good. It took forever to come out. It was delayed, delayed, delayed. Finally came out. It was ridiculously good. And it did so well, sales-wise, that they actually announced like a month after its release, we're doing DLC. It's going to be a giant DLC. It's going to be called The Delicious Last Course. It's going to have all added gameplay, new bosses. It's going to be really outstanding for people who like the game. And it never came out. It, they, they said at first it was going to come out within a year, got delayed. Then they said it was going to be like another year, got delayed. And here we are like four or five years later. And it's fucking not out yet. They finally announced that DLC is coming out in June. Like, you seriously? Like, holy shit. Have you ever heard of a game that got an expansion DLC like... Four to five years later. <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay. So I'm actually excited for this. I am. I want to. And by the way, I'm going to be playing on Xbox Series X. So it might run even better than the original. Right? So pretty cool. I cannot wait for it to come out and play it. I'm actually going to love it. I don't know how long it's going to be. But I'm very excited to see to see what this turns out to be. Um, I hope it ends up being just as good as the main game. Madara's God's a Suicide Squad looks great. Uh, I didn't I get to see any footage of it. You want to know why? Because I pressed play on the trailer and it's like fucking Captain Kangaroo or whatever the fuck his name is. He's talking to a fucking selfie cam for like five minutes. I'm like, all right, I closed it. Like, here's what you do if you want to showcase your game. You do something for 10 seconds and then you show the game. Not, hi, I'm going to talk to my fucking selfie cam for a minute. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck off. Just show me the game. So people are saying, people who actually stomached the bullshit intro, it's good. I don't know. I didn't see it. I hope it's good. It's, you know, the premise sounds good. So I hope it's good. <laughs> Hello, Turtle Dude. How are you today? Good to see you. What else? Thank you for people who are contributing. I'm going to shout those out as usual at the end of the pre-stream. We have a whole shout-out segment. Okay. Chicken Man says, talk about Star Trek Resurgence, a story-driven game from former Telltale game devs coming in 2022. Sounds fucking good. Weren't there two narrative-based games? One is Star Trek from Telltale, and one is a new Star Wars game from Quantic Dream? The makers of fucking Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human. Like, I was like, huh? <laughs> what, really? Now, I'm, that's not a negative hand. That's like a wall. Shocked and, and delighted. I like narrative-based games. You guys know that. I like Star Trek. But I like, you know, Star Wars. This would be amazing if we were getting a series of really high production value narrative-based games from studios who know what they're doing. This could be really good. <clears throat> this could be really, really good, man. So I'm pleased with this news. I am. <laughs> Slitterhead is a survival horror game that might appeal to you 
It's made by one of the creators of Silent Hill. Uh, I saw a little bit about it. I, I saw a few stills of it, and I read a little bit about it. It looks good. You know, for me, you know I love survival horror. So anything that's survival horror, I'm going to be all over, and hopefully it's good. Um, I wish we had more information about it, but yeah, looks looks decent to me. Okay. Thoughts on Wonder Woman? That actually surprised me. I didn't expect that there would be a Wonder Woman video game like that, especially after her second movie, Tank. Did you know that? that not Wonder Woman 1984 did poorly. Everyone rated it poorly and didn't do nearly as well as the first movie. Um, so I'm surprised that they kind of went forward with the game at the very same time. How much you want to bet they were already making it, right? Um, I don't know. I hope it's good. I, I mean, I, the thing is, I'm not the hugest fan of Wonder Woman. Like, the most I know about Wonder Woman is when I used to watch the Justice League cartoons. I was never a big fan of the character or whatever. So, Okay. Chicken Man says, honest truth, am I as disappointed in the awards as I sounded going into them? No. No. The Really, the only thing that would have disappointed me about the awards is if Deathloop won. Because I know, I know, in my heart, I know that that game is not the best game of the year for anyone. It shouldn't be. If, if Deathloop's the best game of the year for you, you didn't play the better games of the year. It just doesn't deserve it. And I hate to see when a game that truly is not worthy of that mantle, getting that mantle, all, everyone else that year who worked their fucking heart and soul and busted their ass... To basically get downplayed. That pisses me off, you know? At least with It Takes Two being a game, the kind of game it is, it's probably going to sell a lot more now. It's from an indie studio that probably will put out many, many better things in the future now, as well as a result of this being named Game of the Year. Um, the game, the head of the studio is insanely passionate. This is the guy that said, fuck the Oscars in 2017, right? So that I love. I would like to see that 10 times out of 10 over some fucking studio that rehashed a bunch of shit and a bunch of hack-ass journalists think that it's good because they never, they're fucking idiots and don't play better games, you know, they say it's game of the year. I'd much rather see a game like that get it. And outside of that, um, outside of that, the like I said, the show seems to be the Oscars of gaming, which is exactly what gaming needs. It needs to be treated as seriously in an artistic platform as movies do. Because games are actually more profitable than movies are, and they're an interactive medium, which in my opinion has more meaning and impact on the people who participate in them than people who just watch a movie. That's my take, because I'm a lifelong gamer. Other people might disagree, but I actually think games are more important to modern society than movies ever were. And this is something that we need to push forward as a professional thing, and Jeff is doing that. And I'm actually, like I said, I feel like, if, like the industry's in good hands. If you have passionate people like Jeff mounting those reins, you know, instead of having corporations, oh, money, 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 let's turn E3 into a fan fest where everyone has to pay $400 for a ticket so we can make millions of dollars profit on E3. How about instead you stop being greedy pieces of shit and you actually make pieces of art that people enjoy? Oh, what's that about? Nah, shovel out another fucking uh, Tom Clancy game, quick. <laughs> you know, that's what I mean, it's different. You know, when you watch, of course the Game Awards have a lot to do with money. Like I said, I think that's why they're timed the way they are. The Game Awards are purposely the first week of December, so you hear about a bunch of games maybe you didn't know about during the year, you see them get awards, and now you go buy them for Christmas, right? That's the purpose. That's why it's that time. That's why games get snubbed. And it sucks. You shouldn't see games get snubbed because of the timing of the award show. At the very same time, you could tell that there's actual passion and caring for the art form at the Game Awards that you don't get at E3. I'm just saying. 
If Jeff hired me, would I accept his offer? Yes, I would work for Jeff Keighley. <laughs> you know, I would work for someone actually respectable, dependable, someone who has passion, someone who I know has the best interest of the game industry at heart versus some fucking scumbag on the internet who does drama videos. Okay, let's continue. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's continue. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Madara's God says, Horizon looks great, but the stream couldn't even handle the graphics of the game and it kept crashing. Oh, I didn't know that. Again, I didn't watch it live. I only saw things after the fact. So I didn't get to see the stream live and see all the foibles of things happening there. <clears throat> Sucka Surprise says, would I work for Review Tech USA if he offered me a job? I'm just going to ban Sucka Surprise right now. <laughs> I'm just going to outright ban him right from the stream for saying something stupid like that. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've talked enough about it. I mean, oh, here's the thing. Over the course of today, a lot of people are going to talk about the Game Awards. I'm okay with that. Especially our first stream, we're doing Vice City. Vice City is a game, open world questing, you know, doing me. There's going to be a lot of ample opportunity for us to talk. You guys want to talk about the Game Awards all day? I'm down. I'm totally okay with that. So let's do that today. Um, but in the meantime, let's now move forward with the podcast. So this isn't a four-hour-long podcast. So schedule-wise, <clears throat> someone named Ad is saying Craig is a huge fan of yours. You give him a shout-out. Sure. Shout-out to Craig. I don't know who that is. Shout-out, Craig. If you're a fan of my content, I'm glad. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um... So, ladies and gentlemen, schedule-wise, what are we doing this week? Today, it's the continuation of Grand Theft Auto Vice City Definitive Edition. So far, so good. I've had a lot of fun, and I've got big cojones playing this game. We're, ha <laughs> We're having a good time. I'm enjoying the music and the vibe. I'm looking forward to another awesome stream of it today, and I hope you guys are too. It's going to be three-plus hours of chill fun in Miami, going on the beach, killing people, you know, stealing shit, doing crazy stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun, okay? I hope you guys will join me for this. And by the way, I really feel like this will be the ample opportunity for us to talk about the Game Awards while I play the game, okay? Awesome. Tonight, the late stream will be very interesting because it is my weekly throwback session of Street Fighter, which I call Friday Night Fights. But for the first time ever, I'm going to try it out on an Xbox console, the Xbox Series X with this controller, all right? I don't know how good this D-pad is for fighting games. I don't know how the buttons will be for fighting games. I've never played a fighting game on this yet. Um, I've only played the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection on PlayStation. All right? Playing against essentially the same people for three and a half years since it came out. So now it may be different. We may have a whole different slew of people to play. We might find no one. I'm serious. Like it might, We might be, wow, look at all these people to play. It's all different now. Maybe the connections will be better. Who knows? Or it could be the complete opposite. Oh my god, I can't find anyone, and the few people that are playing, the connections are terrible. Will the trolls follow me over from PlayStation to Xbox because they are such no-life losers? We'll see tonight. If it ends up being a bust, let's say I play it for like a half an hour, I can't get matches, it's not working, we can easily switch right back over to the PlayStation version and do that. But I thank you to the person, they didn't ask me for a shout-out. So I'm not going to give it to them because I don't want them to, to get any negative attention that they don't want. But thank you very much to the person who donated this game so that we could try this out as an experiment tonight. And by the way, if this works out and if the Xbox version ends up being solid and I can play on this gamepad, then that means we I really have no reason for PS Plus anymore. Like there's not a single reason. 
I'm not using it for anything. And I can't even think of any multiplayer games coming out this year on PlayStation that I'm going to be playing. So maybe I'll get rid of PlayStation Plus. I don't know. I'll have to, look, I'll have to figure it out. Okay. All right. So that's tonight. Tomorrow, we swing back to the Halo Infinite campaign, which I'm very excited for because I played about three hours of it the other day. I loved it. It actually got much better when we went to the open world. Actually using the grappling hook for combat is really neat in the open world. I love that you could zip line in and shoot them in that boom, punch them right in the face, turn around, blah, 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 blow them all away. I like that. You know, I really am enjoying it. I think that's going to be a good playthrough overall. Um, and I hope that you guys will join me for more of that tomorrow and see where it goes. I had a lot of fun. The bosses, too. The bosses were pretty fun. Uh, tomorrow night, we're continuing on with Forza Horizon 5. Originally, it was supposed to be on Wednesday. What can you do? We had a little snafu there. We had to finish up with Metroid Dread, which we did, which was great. Uh, and now we get to continue on with my weekly chill stream of Forza Horizon 5 tomorrow night. Then on Sunday, it'll be more Vice City, and that'll be paired with Lost Judgment as we try to push through the side missions. And by the way, it looks like we're going to finish up the boxing side missions. Then we can finish up the dancing side missions. Then we can do whatever we want. But there's potential to go right into, you know, big progress in like two to three other side mission quests. So we'll see what we do. Um, and then Monday will be more Halo. And Monday night will be Halo multiplayer. So Monday will be Halo marathon. Halo campaign during the day. Halo multiplayer at night. And then on Tuesday, my final streaming day of the week, more Vice City and more Lost Judgment. And that's the streaming week for me. Okay? Sound good? Hope that's a good variety of stuff for you guys over the next five days. I hope you'll join and support the streams. I really appreciate how good last week was in regards to attendance and support. Hopefully we can keep that up this week. Okay? Now, shout-outs. Shout-outs. We start off with Supreme God, who did a super chat and says, Hey, Phil, now that we have a better idea of 2022 schedule, which 2022 games are you looking forward to the most? I don't know if I have a better idea of the 2022 schedule. As I told you, I was trying to play catch-up with the Game Awards, and I didn't actually have a chance to sit down and be like, here's the game schedule for what's coming out when. Like, I, I know there's more games coming out, but I don't even know when they're coming out. So I think what I need to do is really sit down, like I did this year, I need to sit down and do an actual listing of what games are coming out what month and put it into perspective for me for 2022. I'm not going to have a chance to do that soon. Like, likely what's going to happen is that's something I'm going to do early January. I'll probably sit down and say, okay, now that the dust is settled, my Game of the Year awards are done and everything, now we can sit down and see what's the schedule for the rest of the year. But I, I, I just don't have a chance. I wish I did. I just don't have the chance to do it yet. Okay? Nathan Smith did a super chat. Said, what game weren't you expecting to see? Oh, man. Out of all the stuff that, that was at the Game Awards, I definitely, I, I actually did not expect to see the Cuphead DLC. I, I, I felt like that was in development hell or something. I don't know if it was ever going to come out. It took so fucking long. Um, and I would say the biggest shock for me is these narrative-based games for, like, Star Wars and Star Trek because those are amazing, amazing stories, amazing franchises, right? But every time they come out, it's like action game here. Remember the fucking co-op Star Wars action game from, like, 10 years ago that I played with John Rambo? And it wasn't very good. It was kind of repetitive and, and grindy and crappy and, like, it's good to see they're going to do a narrative-based game because that's what Star Wars is, or Star Trek's good at, narrative, you know. So we'll see, you know, but those, those are kind of interesting to me. Uh, Jack Barstow did a super chat. says, when does your podcast end and the stream begin? Typically, it's between 12, 12, 30, and it's different every day because it depends on how much I have to talk about. So there you go. 12, 12, 30 Pacific Standard Time, I should say. 
Ginger Kid did a super chat. He said, what's going on? First time being able to catch your stream. Hope you have a good stream. Thank you, Ginger Kid, for the super chat. And thank you for the support and the kind words. Your National Finance Bank did a $2 super chat. Thank you for that. The Brick Boy 103 did a $10 super chat and says, did you see Telltale and Deck 9 are working together on the Expanse of Telltale series? You know, I saw that, but I don't know what the Expanse is. Is it a show or something? I've heard it before. I've definitely heard it before, but I don't know what the Expanse is. So not knowing what it is, it's hard for me to comment. I, I don't know if it's going to be good or not. Colored Pencils did a super chat and says, if you need one, I'll be your friend to play It Takes Two. I'm not playing It Takes Two. Like I said, it's not my forte. It's not my kind of game, so I'm not interested in it. Birdwatcher did a super chat and says, if you didn't like Ratchet and Clank, you shouldn't like Halo. What? <laughs> what? Okay, whatever you say, Birdwatcher. The Recluse did a super chat. says, I don't know. Xbox players are more pissy in my opinion. Well, I guess maybe we're going to have a piss fest tonight or something. And Golden Shower's on stream, but... Uh, well, either way, we'll find out tonight. It's going to be an interesting late stream to see how it goes, right? Okay. Um, okay, so that's the YouTube side of stuff. No new memberships, which sucks. I really want to get up to where we were at 334. On the tip side of thing, I've only received... Oh, never. I was going to say we were, there was only one tip, and then a second one came in. So the first tip of today is from the Pizza Conqueror, who tipped me $10.01 and says, Pizza, pizza, pizza. That sounds like Little Caesars. <laughs> but he wasn't called the Pizza Conqueror, was he? He was little, supposed to be Little Caesar, right? What happened there? Pizza, pizza, pizza. All right. So thank you to the Pizza Conqueror for a $10 tip. I appreciate that. And then Pinocchio did a $3 tip. Thank you to Pinocchio for a $3 tip. I appreciate that. Okay. Oh, my God. Excuse me. That is really disgusting. I'm sorry. I'm drinking seltzer water this morning. I'm very explosive. Okay. All right. Um. Let's see here. Wait, are more contributions coming in? What the heck? Okay, yeah, Colored Pencils did another super chat. He says, do you find it hard to find friends since you moved? Uh, I don't have time for friends since I moved. Just being honest, I just don't have time. I work six days a week full time. Six days a week full time. Outside of that, I maintain a household and have a family. I don't have time outside. I don't have, as I've explained to you guys, okay? I love my life. My life today is the best I've ever had. And I mean that. Like, every day I feel like is the best day of my life. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I have so much fun, okay, every single day. I wake up. I have a beautiful family to spend time with in the morning. Have a nice breakfast. You know, play with Jasper. Spend time with my wife. We talk. We read news. Uh, prepare for the day. You know, then I jump on stream. I have fun with you guys on stream all day long. Is it work? Yes, but it's also incredibly fun. I'm one of the luckiest guys on the planet that gets to do what he loves for a living and doesn't have to sit here and be a shill to fucking make a buck. Seriously. It's fun as shit to do what I do. Okay? Then, between the streams, I have time to maybe have some nice food, right? Play, play with Jasper again or whatever. If my wife is home, spend time with her. And then at night, I get like an hour or two to spend with my wife before we get ready for sleep. Okay? But... The truth be told, all right, my life is full. And what I mean by that is it's full of good stuff, but it's still very full. I don't feel like I have an emptiness in my life. 
I don't feel like, oh man, there's something huge missing from my life. I need a large group of friends to spend time with. I need to be doing this. Or no. If, if anything, I've explained to you guys <clears throat> what I would actually like to do long term, which still hasn't happened after all the years that I've talked about it. I would like to eventually have another day off a week. I would like to, to stream full time five days a week and have two days off a week to spend with my wife because here's what I'd like to do. One day, I would like to be the day when we have to go out and do stuff. We got to go grocery shopping. We got to run errands. We got to go to doctor's appointments and or other appointments. All of the things that are kind of like busy work that need to be done during a week, I want to do one day. But then I want to have the other day to literally just spend with her. Let's just relax today and have a good relaxing day together. Or maybe... For the day, we'd like to drive into Seattle and spend a nice day in Seattle at Pike Place Market or go to the zoo together and have a nice day there. Or maybe we don't want to do shit. We just want to lay around the house. Or on the flip side of that, maybe we want to stay home at the house but do stuff at the house, clean the house, renovate the house. You know what I mean? Right now, we don't have that at all. It's one day a week, rush, 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 rush to do everything we need to do, and then that's it. It's over. There's no time for anything else. You know? Now, you might say, well, why don't you just take the second day off? I can't afford to do it. I can't afford to take the other day off with all the financial responsibilities and things that I have. A lot of the times around here, I'm barely making ends meet. I'm to the point where, man, I really hope that YouTube payment comes through because I got to pay bills this week, right? So with that being said, I'm not there yet. Maybe in a couple years time, if I build this up, this YouTube channel to prominence again, if I can get my streaming to the level where it was on Twitch, because by the way, 300 members Versus the 900 I have on Twitch is a ginormous difference. That's a huge amount of income that I'm not getting right now. Okay, just being honest. It's a big discrepancy and it hasn't grown this year. Like, think about it. When I started here, I had, what, 200 members? Now I have 330. It's a slow growth thing. If I work my ass off for three, four years here, then maybe I can get back to where I was on YouTube. And I feel like, the, or excuse me, where I was on Twitch. And I actually do feel that next week, um, next week, next, I boy, I can't speak to today. Next year. There's a bunch of supposed improvements coming to YouTube streaming. For example, there's supposed to be uh, gifted memberships. Just that alone, I guarantee you, just the gifted memberships are going to help this channel tremendously. Because they did on Twitch. There were people who were generous on Twitch. Right now, around the holiday season, there's people who are generous and want to help out other viewers, and they can't do it because there's no gifted memberships right now. You see? In addition, there's another thing they're supposed to be adding. They never gave it to me yet. Super thanks. This is for people, If you, for example, if you're watching this pre-stream on demand right now. Hello, everyone watching on demand and not on stream. How you doing today? By the way, I hope if you're liking this pre-stream podcast, you'll give it a like and you'll leave a comment on it on YouTube on demand if that's how you're watching it. It helps the channel, okay? So if that's you, <clears throat> there's going to be a way. It already exists only for some people, okay? Only for some people. Only the big wigs have it, basically. I don't have it yet. I'm considered small potatoes on YouTube. But the big wigs have the ability that if you're watching an on-demand video and you like that video, you can contribute. You know how people are doing super chats and super stickers on this stream? You could do what's called super thanks, which is basically exactly the same, but it's on the video itself. And at, supposedly, from what I'm to understand, a pop-up will appear like on the video, I guess, that says, hey, so-and-so contributed and said super thanks. And then if you check... The, the, the comments of the video, you can leave a highlighted comment that sticks to the video, much like people are doing these messages on the stream chat. It sticks to the video as a highlighted message to say, hey, I really like this video for so-and-so reason, blah, blah, blah. So that's another way that people can contribute, and that's a whole different way. That's a, a different audience. Think about it. Traditionally, if you're watching on demand on YouTube, the only thing you can do is watch and have ad revenue for me because, because of that, or you can maybe become a member of the channel. 
This is a whole new revenue source. I'm not saying it's going to be hugely significant to start, but I'm just saying I feel that that's going to be something new as well that will help the channel. But these are all things in the future that can help. Right now, I'm nowhere close to being the amount of money that I was making on Twitch. Just being honest, I'm really... I've not caught up. I've I when I left Twitch because they fucked me over and kicked me out of the partner program, I had a, a decline in my income and I've never recovered. It's just kind of like skirting where I am and I'm barely making ends meet every month. It sucks, but that's just the reality of things. I think I hope things long term will get better. Okay, um, but anyway, long term, if I could have two days off a week, that would be stupendous. I would have so much more time to spend with my wife and my family. And be able to do more stuff around here that I want to do behind the scenes. I would be more relaxed, definitely. Less stressed. Um, but I'm not there yet. So when you say, oh, do you have do you have time for friends? Like, how many friends do you have? What the fuck are you talking about? I don't have time alone for my direct family here. Why the fuck do you think I'm looking out there for friends outside? Like, what? I don't have time for that shit. I really don't have time for that shit. I'm busy enough as it is and I'm happy enough with my life. I don't need to search outside of what I have for additional relationships. I, I'm happy with my wife. I want to spend more time with her. Okay. The Brick Boy. Timmy, $3 at The Expanse is a really good sci-fi show on Amazon Prime. I'm really excited to see Telltale and Deck Nine's game adaptation of it. Well, there you go. I've never watched it. So I don't know anything about it. I've heard of it. It sounds familiar. But I've never seen it. So I maybe my first introduction to it will be the game. There you go. Okay. Now. Shout out to Rashawn Johnson, who did a super chat and says, Phil or hey, Phil or playing Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. But I also can donate a copy for you. It looks like half of your message got cut out somehow. That's weird. Well, assuming what you're trying to say is, Am I going to play Pokemon Brilliant Diamond? The answer is I want to, but Rashawn, just to give you some clarification here, because there actually has been an update to how I'm going to cover it. Pretty significant, okay? Shit. Let's do that. Rashawn J. So here's the deal. Um, originally, I was going to play it as a new release when it came out last month. What happened? I was so busy with other releases that, I, that are taking forever that I just didn't have time to play. I said, there's no way. I'd be stupid to start playing that and I'd never have a chance to really play it. I mean, I'm, right now I'm playing games only once a week, right? So I said, hey, when I start to beat games and they're, they're out of my rotation, then I'll consider starting up Pokemon Brilliant Diamond or what was the other one? Shining Pearl. But then people were like, well, Phil, what are you going to do in January when, when Pokemon Legends Arceus comes out? And I was like, huh? They were like, yeah, you're not aware that the new Pokemon game, Legends Arceus, comes out at the end of January? I was like, really? I thought it came out later than that. I didn't know there was another one at the end of January. It's like, now, wait a minute. Why are they? Why did they just release a re-release Pokemon game in late November, and then two months later, a new Pokemon game? Doesn't that stab itself in the foot? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's stupid. That's way too close of a release. for. That's like, we released Street Fighter, full, uh, Street Fighter V, Special Ultimate Expansion Edition in the end of November, but Street Fighter VI comes out in January. So why the fuck are you going to spend money on Street Fighter V Ultimate Expansion Edition with new characters and shit when the new game comes out in January? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the other thing is, <clears throat> these are not small-time games. These are, Pokemon takes forever to beat, man. Let's be honest. It's very lengthy. Very grindy. Fun. I like them. I think they're very chill experiences. In the last few Pokemon games I've played, I've really enjoyed playing them long-term with you guys, trying to get all the Pokemon into the Pokedex and having a good time, right? At the very same time, 
they're very time consuming. Okay? So if I were to start right now, today I were to start Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. I might not beat it till like mid-January, right? Like doing all the content and everything for it, because especially I'll probably only be playing it like twice a week, if that. Now, I'm going to go right into Pokemon Legends Arceus. Does that make any sense? Pokemon to Pokemon? Not really. Just like every other time that I've done Mario to Mario and shit like that. It doesn't usually work. I'd say the exception here is actually uh, Grand Theft Auto. You don't know why? Because people are zany for Grand Theft Auto. They love that shit. They love seeing me play it. For whatever reason, it's a little bit of a different animal. Okay? Um, so that being said, uh, I was thinking about, you know, you know, it probably makes more sense to wait. Here's the thing. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl are remakes. They remade classic games. Now, I've never played the classics. Okay? So for me, when I play these games, the remakes are just as good as playing a new release for me. It's exciting. My first exposure to that gamer franchise, and I have a lot of fun with it, right? And you guys, too. Like, wow, Phil's really experiencing the game for the first time that maybe we played a long time ago. It's fun to see that first-time reaction to a game, right? Fair enough. But I don't think it makes sense to do it now. Right now, I'm in the midst of so many playthroughs. I probably won't beat some of them for another week or two weeks. I'm thinking around Christmas time, we're going to start wrapping up a bunch of games, right? So then... At that point, I'll be like, okay, what's next? Do I want to start playing Pokemon now and not beat it in time for the next Pokemon? So I think what we're going to do, we're going to hold off. Okay, we are. We're going to hold off. And I know it's going to be upsetting for some of you. I know it will. Okay? And I, I apologize. I wish I could clone myself and play every game when it's a hot new release. I can't. Had to, I just had to wait over a month for Metroid Dread, but look how that turned out. Ended up being one of the best playthroughs of the year, I feel, right? And awesome. Thank you again, guys, for the support of that playthrough. So, we're going to hold off. I'm going to play Pokemon Arceus, or Legends Arceus. Arceus? Arceus? I don't know how to say it. When it comes out in January. Later on in 2022, undoubtedly there will be some downtime, and then I'll play the other Pokemon game. There's no reason to rush it. It's a remake anyway, right? It's not a new game. It's a remake, so you guys already know what to expect. I don't, but I'm not going to rush into something that's going to end up shooting the new game in the foot because I just played the old one, right? Okay. Um, Carlos has become a channel member and supporter. Thank you, Carlos. I appreciate that very much. Thank goodness. Maybe now we can head back in the positive direction here, okay? Really. It would be great to head in the positive direction. Thank you, Carlos. We're 330. Four more to go to tie the highest we've ever had here on DSP Gaming. Colored Pencils did another super chat saying that he wants to be my friend. That's great, Colored Pencils. I already explained the whole situation. You want to waste my time? Thanks. Thanks for the super chat and the waste of time. All right. Um, I guess that's it because I'm looking, and I think finally I've done all the shout-outs. I believe the tips... Never mind. Team Ico Gamer just tipped me $1.50 and says, I endorse The Expanse. It's a good show with amazing pacing and story. Apparently a lot of people like this, this show. Maybe that's why they're making a game. <laughs> there you go. Admittedly, I've completely fallen behind on any kind of television shows, movies these last few years. I just don't have time for a lot of shit, you know. So, <laughs> um, so there you go. All right, guys. I think what we shall do is we shall end the pre-stream here. Thank you to everyone who's contributed so far. Let's jump into Vice City. You guys got. For, I'm sure you guys have further questions about the Game Awards. You want to talk about the Game Awards today? I I'm all ears. For, I'd love to do that with you. Let's do that. Let's talk. Um. But let's get the show on the road rather than gab it up all morning. It's been over an hour. I've had enough. I think it's time to start playing games as well. Sound good? Thank you.